before our, our panel comes, I just wanted to share what a, what a joy and delight this weekend has been as we have celebrated and remembered the 40 years of ministry at the Family Life Center. And also as we've begun to anticipate and look forward to the next 40 years of ministry and, and exciting things that take place there. But before our panel comes, I wanted to just kind of establish uh, and work for us today an understanding of theology of what, what we're trying to do. And I want to call this a ministry or the ministry of recreation. Second Corinthians 5.17 puts it this way. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. And that scripture goes on to say, Behold, the old has, has passed. All things are new. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. The old is past. New things are in front of us. Yet, yet, we live in an in-between time. We continue to struggle with that old self, that old creation. The Apostle Paul says it this way, those things that I don't want to do anymore, I continue to do. And those things that I want to do, I, I don't do. John, in his first letter, chapter 1, verse 9, writing to Christians, writing to the new creation, says this, that we are to, to be, continue to confess our sins. Because He is faithful and He is just and He is righteous and He'll continue to forgive us and to cleanse us and to restore and renew us in that righteousness. You see, we are continually being recreated in Jesus Christ. And for this reason, as we celebrate our 40th anniversary of ministry at the Family Life Center, I believe it's important that we create this conversation around the idea of recreation, a ministry of recreation. So I want to invite some of those that have had a key foundational role in the development of our Family Life Center ministry and, and of our ministry of recreation to come and join me on the stage. So gentlemen, why don't you come and join me? It's Dr. Brown and, and Doug Cheeves and Jim Stewart and Clint Taylor and uh, you guys can grab a microphone. We just want to have a few minutes to, to kind of visit and reflect and anticipate what God might be doing here as we look to the future in our Family Life Center ministry. We had to have our greeting session up here. All right. Most of you probably know these folks, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you and kind of share their role and, and their job title. They've changed a little bit over the years as they ministered here in the date and context of that. So we'll begin with Dr. Brown. And before you speak, Dr. Brown, I believe I saw Norma today. So Norma, where's Norma? Up in the balcony. Norma, great to see you. We're glad you're here. And... Uh, Dr. Brown, why don't you begin and introduce yourself, and, and then we'll begin our panel. Well, for those of you who have joined the church in the last 20 years, I'm LaVon Brown, 
and I was pastor here for 30 years prior to that, okay? And so I've been around here for quite a while. And um, of course it was at the very beginning of my ministry here that we began thinking about the Family Life Center. We had a, these are 50 year old memories and so trust me, uh, not very many people here could refute it anyway, so I'll just uh, <laughs> um, We had a long range planning committee in those days and um, we had this beautiful auditorium, adequate worship, we had um, Sunday school space that was adequate. We had adequate space for a music ministry. And so we were thinking in terms of the future and what we might do for the total person. I remember those discussions and we were talking about the responsibility that we have for the total person body, mind, and spirit. And Doug Cheeves came very shortly after I did, and Doug came with a passion and an understanding of this ministry. And uh, I think he put fire under our committee and uh, the church uh, to build a recreational center. Now this was a new concept. It was new to many of our people. And it took a while educating and preparing the church for that ministry. But uh, Doug was able to uh, have the kind of influence that he helped bring that about. And so we started at that time the uh, plans for building a recreational ministry, and he's the one to tell you about that. Very good. Doug, why don't you introduce yourself to the congregation and share about those early years of, of ministry and moving from here to a new facility. It's good to be back. Uh, First Baptist Norman, absolutely wonderful part of my life, and uh, I thank you for allowing me to work with you those years. Trying to condense 40 years of family life history is kind of like taking the children of Israel and trying to put it all in one book. It just doesn't fit. So what we're going to try to do today is just kind of hit some of the high points. Uh, never, ever doubting the fact that just like the children of Israel, God was leading us. And if we just followed, we would get there where he wanted for us to be. Some of these stories, like LaVon said, are older than most of the people here. So some of you will have lived these stories, and some of you can just appreciate them. It didn't begin with the Family Life Center. It began before that, because we began to develop a recreational ministry, not a program, but a recreational ministry, a long time before the Family Life Center ever became a reality. Uh, many of you will remember sitting where the educational building is used to be an over 100-year-old sanctuary. And we were able to convert that three-story facility into the first Family Life Center by renovating all three floors of that and bringing the ministry to be housed in that particular building. It started with uh, state and national softball efforts, with girls basketball, day camp, 
young people going to Sun Valley on mission trips into Colorado and into the World Youth Conference in Portland, Oregon. Church socials, watermelon fellowships for the church out here on the lawn served out of the back of a pickup truck full of ice and watermelon. So the ministry started a long time before the Family Life Center ever became into reality. Uh, we knew God was leading us when on one occasion the entire planning committee flew to Missouri to look at a facility to see if there were elements in that that we thought would work with us. Almost into Missouri, we begin to notice the entire committee's in the plane. Terry Four, rest his soul, precious, precious man, offered his plane to take us, and we begin to notice that oil was streaming down the sides of the airplane <laughs> as we were flying into Missouri. And suddenly smoke began to fill the cockpit of the airplane, and the airport is saying, the tail number, whatever it was, do you need help? And Terry Four, in his calm fashion, said, nope, everything's fine. And they radioed again and says, do you need help? And he said, no, everything's fine. And we landed that airplane, and as soon as it touched the ground and taxied off to the side, the engine quit. And so from the very beginning, we knew that God had something in mind because he got us safely through that very first experience. The property was made miraculously available. Mrs. Dillard, Dillard to most of us, made that property available that the Family Life Center sits on even now. Quentin Spradling, as LaVon alluded to a minute ago, was so important in bringing our senior adults on board. Go back 40 years ago to spend a million dollars and try to educate adults, most of whom are 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. We're going to build a recreational facility. Imagine the challenge that we had. But Quentin Spradling very lovingly brought those people on board, and today they're probably the greatest supporters that the Family Life Center has. And we're ever for, uh, appreciative for that being happened. A few names that come to mind, Becky Carson Porter, the very first full-time staff member, Rusty Yules, God bless and rest his soul, the first official assistant we had at the building, Sandy Lassiter, Ann Ray, Andy Martin, Kate Foster Parrish, Carol McDade, Kay Mercer, Barbara Couch, Ken Pirtle, Ken Ferris, Don Jimerson, Gordon Masters, and so many other people were involved in this. Some of these are in this room today in the great cloud of witnesses that we read in the scripture. They were there then, and they're here today as we celebrate. The local ch ch church impact included uh, an increased ministry to our senior adults, that population of our church that needed the ministry. It included increased missions opportunities, an unbelievably out-of-control men's bowling league that met every week as those men got together and fellowshiped in the building. It included lock-ins, roller skating. One occasion, LaVon probably remembers we had an announcement to make for the Family Life Center, and someone roller skated down the aisle and presented the announcement here and then roller skated out. Uh, the look on LaVon's face was priceless. <laughs> <laughs> he still didn't know what was going on, I don't think. The children's ministry increased uh, exponentially. We had physical fitness programs, family events, gymnastics program that started then and is now has over 300 children involved in that program. Community impact. Kaleidoscope. We saw a need for the children of working parents who had no place for their children to be, so we opened the Family Life Center and started Kaleidoscope so those families could trust their children to us after school. Saturday Night Life, Don Patrick, 
opened up the Family Life Center on Saturday night for any teenager in Norman that wanted to come. And we programmed for those young people and brought them to the church and built relationships with them. Uh, cerebral palsy adaptive bowling. We brought the children over from the Cerebral Palsy Center every week and uh, lovingly bowled with them and gave them opportunities and the smiles and laughter were just uh, incredible. Uh, the summer wreckmobile, some of you remember the mobile trailer that we built. We take that into the city parks out of the Family Life Center and minister to the children in all the city parks through the puppet ministry that uh, Kate Foster brought into uh, existence in our church. Work break, chance for the working men and women to come to our facility and, and have a break in the middle of the day and fellowship and basketball and racquetball and uh, various things of that nature in the Family Life Center. Some of them bled and some of them just exercised, but that's another story for another day. Uh, the youth ministry increased greatly during those days. We actually took hundreds of young people and families on ski trips to Colorado, and some of you sitting here today survived those bus trips. But we did it, and uh, we're very thankful for that. Lives were changed on those events all the way through. Drama became a, a very important part of the ministry here. Again, a LeVon story. I love to tell these stories. We were doing the uh, story of Job, and Joe Duncan, rest his soul, was the star of that particular show. And uh, we had the auditorium decorated for the play, and LaVon comes from the side door over here, and the first thing he notices is that the entire pulpit is covered by a large orange parachute. And so he proceeds to preach his sermon under an orange parachute. Again, a priceless moment on the look of our pastor's face when that happened. I'm not sure he ever forgave me for that one, but nevertheless, it was a great sermon and a great drama. Dinner theater, day camps, mission trips, on and on and on. We go from there. Miss Vicki Riggs, through these other men that will speak, kept this dream alive. So important in everything that we've done. Loves the senior adults, loves the Family Life Center, and I love Vicki Riggs because she is an important person in my life. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. God was there in the beginning, and God's here now. And he's going to continue to bless the ministries that, that spring forth from the Family Life Center because you're going to support it, you're going to get involved, and you're going to bring people from this community that need a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is the perfect proving ground to bring them into worship here where they can be introduced to the power of the gospel through our pastor. So thank you for all you've done for the Family Life Center. Uh, it's been a a wonderful 40-year journey, and the memories are wonderful, and uh, we thank you for that. Amen. Thank Pastor. you, Doug. Jim Stewart came in about 1985 with Vicki and the kids. Share a little bit about maybe some of your initial impressions and then how your ministry developed over the, the years. Well, well, I have to say at the outset that if you know Dr. Brown very well, you know he has a pretty dry sense of humor. And one of the first things that I heard when I came here, I mean, it may have been the very first thing I heard. Well, Jim, you can do just about whatever you want here, but don't you ever roller skate down the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, I didn't know uh, who, who to, to attribute the blame for that, whether it's for Doug or Vicki or someone else. But, <clears throat> but, but I've been very careful to suggest what, how we represent the FLC and worship services ever since then, Savon. <laughs> Um, I, it's hard to know where, where to, it's like, like trying to pinch an elephant. Where do you start? I've, I've been, and for 34 years, the Family Life Center has been a part of my life here in Norman. For 30 years of those uh, 34, I, I served on staff. For 23 of the 30 years, I was the 
minister of family life. So I, I have tons of memories. Uh, but uh, as we've already alluded to this morning, it all began with, with a, a heart for helping discover who the whole person is and providing a ministry that I think is exemplified in, in Luke 2.52 when Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He increased mentally, physically, relationally, and spiritually. And if we can model our lives after that model and the Family Life Center can be part of that process, then we're way on down the road in terms of conforming to the image of Christ within us. But as I came in 1985, fortunately, I, I had the legacy of what the church and the vision that was created had already made the Family Life Center into. And I walked into a, an opportunity that Doug left me here and uh, some, a chance to to build on some things that he had done and some programs that are still going, some that he just mentioned. And then I, I think as any church and any staff person, uh, you come into uh, an opportunity for, to exercise your own gifts and passions. I started some of the programs that I envisioned could happen here in the, through the FLC. And those would include like uh, Camp Sunshine and, and Sports Camp and several other summer camps, upward basketball, Funny Face Festival, um, Resurrection Run, Habitat Golf Tournament, Public Servant Night, uh, multiple recreational intramural leagues for our church and basketball, volleyball, and Norman Youth Church Basketball League where other churches came and played here. I don't know that the average church member here knows even today how many hundreds and thousands of people have come through that facility over there because they were led there to it because of a program or through a person, the influence of another person. And to, to, have, to have known so many of those people over the last 34 years, I cannot walk into a public place in Norman in a week's time without someone saying, you were at the Family Life Center. You taught me in sports camp. I remember you at upper basketball. I remember you made a fool out of yourself in funny face, <laughs> which I did multiple times. And so it's been a, a real joy and a privilege to know and as these, these guys on this platform will attest to, if you go to any recreation conference or workshop, one of the first things they'll tell you is start your program and then move into your facility, which this church did extremely well through Doug's leadership. And as he, as he left Norman and left that position, he passed the baton to me, and I, I tried to exercise my own create, creative uh, juices when it came to programming and and. and and experiencing family life and trying to provide a safe place for families to recreate together. And so as I reached a point in my life in ministry where I felt God was moving me in a different direction over, over here, associate pastor, uh, then I was able to uh, help the, the committee uh, seek out this guy next to me. Yeah. And so that, that's where we come in with Clint, him. Clint, why don't you share a little bit about uh, your experience coming in and the things you've been able to contribute in kind of as we continue with recreation, any thoughts you might have? Okay. Um, came here in 2008, and um, I never roller skated down the <laughs> aisles, but I have wrestled alligators up here, and I've eaten a brat in front of everybody while talking about our cookout and things of that nature. So I skipped Jim, but I followed Doug in that. So. Um, first of all, I want to thank these guys for being forward thinkers and the church, um, because without that, we wouldn't be where we are today. So 
Let's give them a round of applause. Dr. Brown shared earlier, I mean, I thought it was funny. I looked up in the dictionary, just what does recreation mean? And, and one, there's several definitions in there, but one of them is refreshment of the mind, body, and spirit through play and relaxation. And that's exactly what he shared with the very first statement he made. And, and everything we do there, we try to do that. And a lot of people think, think that recreation is just sports and recreation is way more than sports and um, sometimes it's just eating a meal with each other and that's recreation and and everything that we do there we want it to be an experience to where you can relax you can refresh um, I mean even Christ himself took time to to relax and refresh and get away and and have fun and so Everything that we do there, we want that to be the center of it. Um, some of the things that, when I came, it was right before summer. Camps were already planned. I just kind of came in and saw what was going on. And, so, and, and most of the ones, that, except for Camp Sunshine, I had done before at the church previous. So I was like, okay, we can do this. This will be an um, easy summer. But Camp Sunshine was a new experience. And... I got to lead that camp for three years, and it was it was a very successful camp, and um, enjoyed that. And what we did to kind of with Camp Sunshine is one of the things we always did was some kind of um, project or um, community service. So we would go to some of the senior centers or um, um, assisted living centers and things of that nature, and sing and give some kind of performance to um, those people that couldn't get out to a worship service. So um, what we did is we started the last two years, a lot of the theme songs that we came up with through the years, we recreated those and went and performed those for the um, senior adults in those facilities and were able to share Christ through song with them doing that. So that was, that was something that we continued on for a while that Jim created and then one thing that I like, I like think, doing things differently and that kind of makes people scary, you know, they, they get twitchy and nervous and um, but um, I try to find things that nobody else is doing. Well we started thinking and nobody was doing anything like chef's camp and so we started this camp and we had 20 slots available and we were like we'll see if anybody even shows up for it and the first year we had to open a second camp because we had just a waiting line of people to come in the next year we had to do three weeks of chef's camp the next year we did four weeks of chef's camp so it just kept growing and growing and growing and finally um, my wife who was instructing said I'm not doing more than four <laughs> weeks in a summer so you're gonna have to find somebody else or or just cut it off and so I, and today we're still every time we do chef's camp it's full and so um, we have several weeks of that this summer so that's one one of the camps that um, we created out of a need that nobody else was doing so um, one of my favorite trips that we took Jim and I actually worked on together was a was a, a deep sea fishing trip that we took 
And it was just a, a small group of guys. We probably had 15 or so that went um, down to Galveston and went deep sea fishing from there. And uh, that was probably in the um, 12, starting my 12th year as of this week um, of, of ministry here. In the 12, 12 years, we um, had a, we had people from high school age to probably 75 years old on that trip and to watch them come together in relationships that were built, praying for each other, crying with each other. I mean, it was just a great, great trip and um, we got to share life with each other. And that's what I would look forward to doing in the future is the things that we do, I wanna make sure that we are connecting with each other, connecting with those in our community and bringing them closer to Christ. With Upward Basketball, that's one thing that we commit to every year is every person that walks through that door before they leave will have heard the word of Christ and the gospel and have the opportunity to accept Christ. And that's something that I um, take privilege in sharing. So, Thank you all for sharing. Dr. Brown, I'd like to share. You had a, a story you wanted to share that talks about uh, just the impact of the Family Life Center, not just for today, but for for a lifetime. Well, <clears throat> my assignment was to talk about some of the victories. And uh, rather than tell multiple stories, I'm choosing to tell just one. But I think it is a wonderful illustration of why we built the Family Life Center. I'm holding a book in hand here, um, written by Keith Durso. How many of you here remember Keith Durso? Okay, they're about maybe 15 or 20. Keith Durso was a doctor's son here in Norman. He was my neighbor about a half a block away. He was a young person with uh, very little anchorage. He had a friend in the neighborhood by the name of George Callahan, who was a member of our church and a part of our youth ministry. George Callahan invited Keith Durso to come with him to the Family Life Center, which he did. His first contact with this church was at the Family Life Center. He came for a number of months. I don't know what they did, whether it was basketball, racquetball, bowling, what they were involved in. But after a while, uh, he became aware of some buildings across the street and he began to wonder what was going on over there. He, was not a, he had not grown up in church. And so he decided one Sunday that he would come with George and see what else was going on. They attended Sunday school. They attended worship. Keith Durso continued to come to the ministry of this church after a while, he made a public profession of his faith in Christ, and I baptized him. He was a teenager at the time. 
There are some years in there that are lost to me. But somehow or another, along the way, he began to develop an interest in Christian ministry. He went to Southwestern Seminary, and he got a degree at Southwestern, and he got a wife there by the name of Pam. Keith and Pam Durso. They went from there to Baylor, and he got a Ph.D. at Baylor in Christian Ethics. Today, Pam is the director of Women in Ministry, celebrated in um, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, a national office, very influential. Her husband, Keith, teaches in college level, and he is a writer. Uh, this is a book called No Armor for the Back. It's uh, written about the persecution of Baptists in the 16th and 17th centuries for their faith. And um, he also wrote a book, a biography of George W. Truett called I Will Be Done. That all started with him coming to the Family Life Center and playing basketball or whatever. Then finding Christ as a vital part of his life and then from there to the ministry that he's, he and Pam are involved in today. Now I thought that story would pretty well tell in one example what we're hoping and trying to do through the ministry of the Family Life Center and will continue to try to do over the next 20 years. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming and sharing. Thank you for your, your lives of ministry that you've invested in this place. You have been a blessing and you have equipped, you have taught, you have introduced people to the gospel. And we want to say thank you for your ministry and work with us. Fantastic. Now for my second point. Uh, some of you are really nervous right now. Uh, but I would like to share just a couple of verses and then, then uh, a thought and a challenge for us, if you would. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 says this, Discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things. I love that passage because it doesn't say that bodily discipline is not good. It, it, it encourages us. It says that taking care of our bodies, that, that bodily, physical, exercise, discipline is a good thing for us. But so and how much more is our spiritual care and concern for each other? And as, as the ministers have shared earlier, Dr. Brown and, 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 and Doug, all of them shared, is that the Family Life Center is about recreation. 
It's about living who we are in Christ. It's, it's a recognition that God cares about all of us. The whole person. Not just our heart, but our heart and our mind and our body and our spirit. And so as we look at our Family Life Center and the ministries that take place through there, I'm reminded of the ministry of physical recreation. I'm reminded of the ministry of mental intellectual recreation i'm reminded of the the ministry that we have of relationship recreation i'm reminded of the ministry that we have which one did i meant of of spiritual and emotional recreation that takes place through the ministries of the family life center as they alluded to i want to invite the we've we talked about this great cloud of witnesses that is with us today these ministers that have led the way, but we have staff persons that, that have invested for years in ministry. Uh, and I want to recognize you. If you have volunteered, if you have worked, if you have uh, any ministry that you've been engaged and involved with at the Family Life Center as a volunteer, as a part-time staff, as a leader, would you stand right now? We want to we see and recognize you. Look around. There's so many, even today. And I saw just a, I saw I heard Carol Conley. Where's Carol? Carol's been doing gymnastics for over 30 years. Deborah Lynn is here. She worked as, for over 20 years at the Family Life Center. Uh, Becky Leon, who read scripture earlier, uh, also helped out. Randy, how long have you been doing orientation for years? Right, taking pictures and and working in ministry. And there's so many others. That, that have, have dedicated their ministry and, and serving there. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that encourages us and pushes us and moves us forward to new opportunities for life and for ministry. If, if you would, I, I just want to, we've talked about the physical renewals and, and things that take place at the Family Life Center, but let me share with you some of the spiritual benefits. You see, the Family Life Center is a place for training in righteousness. 1 Timothy 4.12 says this, Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Show yourselves as an example of those who believe. What a beautiful picture of what it means to grow spiritually. Just a few verses later, Paul has said to Timothy, you know, bodily discipline is good, but how much more is spiritual discipline? And then he said, and here's what spiritual discipline looks like. That in our speech, in our conduct, our love and our faith, and that our purity would be an example for those who still have yet to believe. So to be recreated spiritually means that as we compete together, as we work out together, as we cheer together, as we interact through recreation and recreation together, that our speech... Have you noticed that the world doesn't know how to cheer anymore? They know how to condemn, but they don't know how to cheer. They know how to gripe and complain at the refs and the officials, but they don't know how to cheer. They don't know how their speech and their conduct... And that's part of spiritual growth and maturity that, that we have to offer to grow spiritually, to live and to work that out each day as we, as we recreate, as we recreate in that place. The mental recreation. Well, we have senior seminary at the Family Life Center, but I'm thinking about the arts and crafts, the ceramics, the painting class that we had yesterday is, is an opportunity to engage your mind creatively, to play games with each other, to, to keep sharp, to keep focused, 
to recreate yourself mentally. The Bible says, Romans 12, that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, by our mind even being recreated. I think of relationships. Did you know that the United States is really as much of a mission field as almost anywhere else in the nation? To engage someone in our culture, in, in Norman, Oklahoma, to engage someone in our culture that, that, has, that is unchurched, that has no background in, in Christianity and church, that's unfamiliar with the Scriptures, did you know that just like any other place you would go on the mission field, it takes about seven, six to seven years to build a relationship with them for the process of sharing and leading them to Christ. Six to seven years. Recreation is a facilitator of that. Recreation is an accelerator of those relationships as it brings us together. Those that are unchurched, that don't know about, about Christianity, about Christ, they're not going to show up here first. You know where they're going to show up? They're going to come to our playground. They're going to come to our family life center. And if we are present there, church, if we are present in those places, then we get to form relationships. And they may never come across the street here for six or seven years, but you know what? They become part of our family. And we get to engage them in pastoral care. We get to love on them. We get to say, how's your family? How can we help your family? It's amazing the stories we hear of families that go through a, a tragedy, a house fire, or an illness, and how our church and how you, as you build relationships there, you come alongside of them and love them and be the presence of Christ in their life. Why? Because we're recreating ourselves through relationships with each other and through a lost and dying world. You see, the Family Life Center is about, certainly offers opportunities for us congregationally to grow healthy, but it also offers us the chance to engage our community and to invite them into healthy relationships, healthy recreation, spiritually, mentally, physically, relationally as well. So here's my closing thought for us today. As the ministry of recreation is, is a part of us growing healthy together and growing young together and reaching our community with each other. And you may have to think about this for a minute because I'm not saying the same thing. The key to the last 40 years of Family Life Center ministry has been this. The Family Life Center has not been a community center. A, a community center is a building. But rather the Family Life Center its genius, its effectiveness, is that it has become and is a center of community. It is a place where we can invite the community, where we can gather ourselves, where we can come around certain activities and, and, and recreational events, and where we can engage each other in relationship and fellowship and community with each other. And as even Clint, as, as he alluded to, as we look to the next 40 years, the key to the Family Life Center ministry is that it's not a community center. There's lots of those in Norman. And it's not our job to provide another community center in Norman, Oklahoma. It's our mission to engage people and to be a center of and for community. 
as we reach the lost and the hurting, as we invite those to come and to be a part of what we do at the Family Life Center. Church, will we continue to move forward in developing community and using this incredible tool that God has given us? This is the challenge that we have. And this is the opportunity that we have to be present. Josh said it on his video. To be present. To engage people when they show up at the family lives. It's no good to have an upward basketball league if we're not involved and engaged in it. If our families aren't playing basketball in it, if, if we're not praying, if we're not coaching, if we're not refereeing, it, then we're just a community center. But when we engage at those levels, it becomes a center of community. And those are the examples that we have to strive for and look to and look for new creative ways. What, what's, what's, a, what's that bowling alley space going to look like for us over the next 40 years? We don't do ceramics anymore, but how will we continue to develop arts and crafts? Skating's kind of a thing that's passe, and, and, and we don't do that as much anymore. So, so what will skating become? What will the ministries become that we engage our community in? This is the challenge for us today. May we offer a center for community, to build community and relationships for the purpose of growing spiritually and living out Christ and introducing Him to the people of Norman, Oklahoma. Let's pray. Father, You are a good and faithful God. And You engage us in every aspect of who we are physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, relationally. And we thank You that the Family Life Center has, has had a vision of, of engaging people at all those different levels. And the stories we've heard today is not because of a, a community center that was established 40 years ago, but because of a place that has become a center for community, a center for relationships, a center for leading others to know You. And Father, I pray that we would pick up this legacy and we would make it our own for a new generation as we grow healthy, as we grow young, as we minister across the generations. This morning, we, we commit and rededicate ourselves to this today. And this morning, the question for each of us is, have you discovered and become a new creation in Christ? Have you been recreated in Him? This morning, you too can experience the miracle of new things. You too can be assured that the old things can pass away. That all things can become new in your life through Jesus Christ. If you'll receive Him. If you'll follow Him. And this is our prayer for each of us today. As we stand, as we sing, I'll be here to receive those, to pray with you, to walk with you and begin that journey as others would pray with you as well. Let's stand and sing together.